Welcome to Golf and the Good Life, your guide to golf travel across the pond. I'm DJ Jones, joined by my friend and colleague, Connor Evers. Connor, the 2023 golf travel season is starting, uh, well, as we speak, it's a pretty exciting time for all of us at HMB. Um, and that also means that, you know, golfers around the world and all of our members, they are soon going to encounter today's topic, and that's the caddies. You got that right. I cannot believe we're already here. Uh, we are recording this in early April and our first group leaves on Easter Sunday. So it is coming up here momentarily. I can't believe it, but we're already here and our partners and everyone across the ponds ready for uh, for our groups to, to get across and enjoy their expeditions to um, you know, Scotland and Ireland and England and Spain and what have you, where they're going, but, uh, yep, it's here and we're looking forward to it. And again, one of those, one of those big things that we get a lot of questions on, especially, uh, you know, a few weeks before groups are going to travel or what have you is caddies. How does it work? How does it compare to, you know, the experience I've had here in the States? I think the goal of today that DJ and I are going to do is just kind of explain the process, how it all works. Um, there are some differences. There's also a lot of similar similarities between having a caddy in the state side comparatively to, to across the pond. And I think today we're just going to clear up some of the questions and hope this will be a good guide for folks that are about to travel across the pond. Absolutely. Well, before we dive headfirst into that, just a quick note about our last episode regarding packing, because inevitably we hit end on recording and realize, oh man, we forgot two things. And it's just like packing in general. You know, there's always that one thing. Well, the one thing that I always forget that we we would be remiss not to mention is sunglasses. And it's not something that you think about, but overseas, you know, you get some super bright days and you're, you're going to wish that you had them. So, uh, you know, if you go back and listen to last week's episode, add sunglasses to the list. But Connor, you had one that uh, was actually, I think, even more important than uh, than than I wear. Sure, and and I'll add to that too. Maybe SPF fifty or seventy, whichever your preference is. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of rounds in October. I I would would have liked definitely sunglasses. That's another thing I didn't pack, and and you know, to our credit now, I'll definitely put that in the suitcase going forward. But SPF too, you just never know. I mean. Probably not, but you just you just don't know. But my my thing that I completely forgot, we got off the air, and I was like, oh, I should get out of this too. But but air tags, um, you know, some people may may know them. They look like they just look like a, a quarter, um, and they're they're an Apple Apple device, uh, Apple product, I should say, and it's very easy to use. Uh, you pair them up to your phone, and it's essentially a GPS tracker for your bags. And <laughs> funny enough, we had a group last year that the gent was flying through London Heathrow and. As unfortunately, a lot of people have this scenario, especially to to Heathrow, they they lost his luggage and he didn't have it for a couple of days, and he ended up having the GPS coordinates for the bag, and and you know the 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 people at Heathrow did it for saying, oh, it's lost, we don't know, it's think it's in the states, and he's like, no, 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 it is right next to me, it is in this storage like facility that's right by Heathrow, and ended up sending a screenshot of the coordinates on his phone via the air tag and got his bag back the next day. And it was a suitcase, not clubs, but you're still buying luggage during or buying clothes during the week. So um, handy tool for sure to make sure you know absolutely exactly where your clubs are if they're on the plane, um, where have you. So uh, so yeah, definitely a, a good tool that you want to invest in for sure. Yeah, don't leave home without it. I mean, they are, they can be a savior. I mean, like you said, 
there were times last year where the airlines were really struggling with golf bags. I mean, we all mm-hmm. saw the stories and especially around the open and, you know, there, there were people on Twitter and so forth that were saying, I knew where my golf bag was and the airline didn't. And I went and found it at this warehouse. Like you said, I mean, that's an extreme case, but knowing where it is, is it can definitely add some peace of mind. Uh, I used it last year for the first time. And, you know, like you said, there was a little bit of delay. Uh, once I landed, my golf bag still shit said it was, it said it was still in Manchester and yet it was rolling out on the conveyor. So, um, but can really come in handy if your bag uh, goes astray. But those are just two things to add. If you happen to go back to the last episode on packing, uh, add those two things, uh, well, three things, I should say, with, with the sunscreen uh, to the list. But moving on to today's topic, and that's caddies. Um, you know, like Connor said, next to packing, caddies are probably the number one source of questions, especially this time of year as trips are getting close and people are wondering how caddies work. And, you know, one of the main questions we receive is, do I even need a caddy? And the short answer is, you know, it depends. The The thing to know is that, you know, cat, you are going to essentially be expected to walk the courses overseas, either with a caddy, carrying your bag or using a trolley. And so um, in our um, view, if you're headed over, and especially if you're playing one of the marquee courses, like the old course in Royal County Down, and let's face it, most most Americans heading across the pond are playing, you know, those big name courses. You don't want to do that armed with just the course guide and a trolley, especially if it's your, if it's a one and done trip for you and it's the only time you're going to play it, invest in the caddy. Number one, your scorecards are going to thank you. You know, their ability to find golf balls and the heavy rough is uncanny. There is some Harry Potter stuff going on there that I just cannot <laughs> explain. You are never going to find golf balls to the degree that they do. And so all of those strokes are all strokes saved. Uh, you know, the courses, you know, the blind shots are common. You know, the, oftentimes the caddy's going to tell you, use this 14th century steeple in the distance as your line. And, you know, all of that adds up to a better experience from your scorecard. Uh, from your scorecards perspective, but really what it comes down to is what they're bringing to the experience in terms of the stories you're going to have later. And, you know, the quips, the one-liners, all of that, you just can't replicate that between just you and your buddies. I mean, you, you guys might have a great, you know, uh, a great uh, relationship, but add in those caddies to the mix, there's nothing else like it. But no, you don't have to necessarily take a caddy. You can pick and choose you know, if you're playing an emergency 18, you know, late one afternoon, by all means, get the trolley, save the fee, enjoy the stroll. Uh, but take note of how much difficult, how, how much more difficult the experience is compared to having a caddy, you know, in the end, the ROI on what you're going to spend uh, pay comes back to you many times over. Yeah. And I mean, they have got great, great course guides across the pond. I actually collect the, they call them stroke savers, um, but the course guides and they can only show, you know, so much. It's an aerial view, if you will, of, of the whole and having a caddy that's actually played the course where 
you know, I think Cruden Bay is like the perfect example. Um, I call it almost the tobacco road of Scotland and they may be pushing it too much, but, um, you know, some blind shots, a, a lot of blind shots, I'd say. And having that caddy that's either, you know, again, grown up in Aberdeen and been a member there or played there all, multiple times, they're going to know exactly where to hit it and where not to. So just adds so much value in ROI, like, like you said, DJ. Um, and I'd say another question that we, we get a lot is, is how much should I expect to tip the caddy? What's customary, what have you? And I think going through the rest of the podcast, the big word that's going to come up in, in this, and I think it already has, is it depends. And it really does when it comes to this. It, it also depends on the region you're in. And I think it also depends on what course you're playing. Uh, you know, say Carn in, in Northwest Ireland, just throw in Northwest Ireland in a lot, but, but Carn is going to be completely different than Royal County Down or the old course of St. Andrews. It's going to be a little bit different. Um, and, you know, generally there, there's a stock uh, straight fee of having the caddy. Again, depends on where you're at. And, you know, customaries plus or minus around 20 pounds or euros, depending on where you're at. Um, and those caddies must be paid in local currency. So make sure you are not giving your caddy any kind of U.S. dollars. Um, obviously it's not going to be accepted and you're probably going to be looked, looked a little funny and maybe get needled from it a little bit. So make sure you're paying them the correct amount. And I like to throw this example out there too. You know, if, if, if you're going to Ireland and say you're going up to Northern Ireland and the Northern Ireland, you're, you're working on the pound. So courses like Port Stewart and, um, you know, Royal Portrush and a few others, you're going to be on the pound and say, for example, you're playing a rival day golf and you're playing County Laugh, uh, you know, on the, on the way up. And Eloth is in the Republic, so you're going to be paying in euros there. So again, that's a little bit of a a, a little bit of a, a different example there compared to just being in St. Andrews for a week, for example. But um, make sure you have that local currency to pay your 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 caddy properly, um, and you know make sure you're you're hitting up the ATM. Um, you know, if, like I said, if you are playing a rival day golf, um, I would just make sure maybe you go to your your bank here in the states a few weeks before you depart, and you know get maybe a couple hundred pounds and or euros depending on where you're at, just to have some local currency for those caddies, so you're good to go. You know, right off the plane if you are, um, and not just caddies alone, but just having some some extra you know, walking around money if you will is is nice. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a great tip, and we we talked about it last time. You know, it is easy in the frenzy of arrival. You know, everybody's excited. You've got off the plane. Let's get the luggage. Let's get to the coach. It's easy to forget to walk by an ATM and and grab some some local currency. And um and you know usually your driver host might will be on the ball and will 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 tell you hey stop at the ATM. But but just in case you don't need to have enough for your last year your whole trip, but just enough to get through that arrival day golf if you're doing it. But the the rough-ish number, if you kind of if you need a total number, budget about a hundred euros or pounds per round. You know, the caddy fee plus the gratuity, you're usually going to be in that ballpark. That's kind of a good round number uh, to use. But the next one that we're gonna cover is admittedly, it's kind of a thorn in our side at times, you know, to just to just be perfectly candid. And that is the question of are caddies guaranteed? And I say it's a thorn in our side because, quite frankly, they're not guaranteed. The thing to remember is that the caddies across the pond, as they are oftentimes here, are independent contractors or they're even members of the club itself. When it comes to that, the second one there, you know, that ends up being, in many cases, one of the, you know, one of the great things about the experience with the caddy is you're out there walking not just with a member, but sometimes 
you know, you might be playing with the current club captain and, and it's just really adds to your experience, but you need to go into it knowing that the caddies are essentially a request once in a while, you know, for example, in cases of extreme demand compared to, to caddy availability, uh, the caddies might uh, carry double as opposed to having a single caddy or in some rare cases, um, you know, you might have a single four caddy for the whole group. That's not all that common, but it does happen. And the double bag caddy thing is, is can be more common uh, out on the shoulder season where uh, university is still in session. And so there's fewer caddies sometimes to go around. And it's very common in Ireland uh, year round, you know, I should say. But, you know, go into it with the mindset of if I've got a caddy, great. But in most cases, you know, especially if you're headed to places like the old course and Kings Barnes and Castle Stewart, where they've got, you know, a stable of professional caddy ranks, that caddy is going to be waiting at the first tee. But the main thing to know as well is that the club wants you to have a caddy. They are going to do everything they can to fill that request. Is it guaranteed? No, it's not. But the vast majority of the time, that caddy is going to be on the first tee just as you requested. Yeah. And, and to your point there too, the, the, the clubs and the facilities, you know, they, they want you to have the experience of having a caddy and they're going to, like you said, they're going to try their darnest to get you what, you know, what you requested. And I, I think the biggest thing when it comes down to is, um, you know, we as H and B and in the clubs, you know, it's, it's essentially under promising and over delivering on that. So uh, most of the times that you're, you're going to get situated, but again, we can't reiterate it enough. It is a request, not a guarantee. So and the other kind of question we get to, and and I get it, it's, um, you know, can we take a, a, a caddy that's going to double bag? So someone that's going to have one on their left and right shoulder. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, maybe saving a little bit of money and keeping that money for, uh, you know, drinks in the in the pub or what have you. So I get it. But um, it's a lot more common here in the stateside. I mean, when I was at Abandoned Dunes a few years ago, I mean, every every group, there was two caddies per, per four ball. And each caddy had one on their left and, and right shoulder. So I get it. But traditionally, that's kind of the opposite in in um, across the pond. It's mostly one caddy per group. And those busy months of May, June, July, and August, and as DJ said, you know, school's out. So a lot of those university students are, are caddies, and they're going to want a caddy as much as possible. And there's enough demand from, from us, the Americans coming across the pond to uh, to fill those requests. So again, that's when you you have less and less problems with, with, with it, which is a good thing. But um, yeah, a lot a lot of traditionally it's it's one caddy per um, per person. So again, it depends as well. Um, you know, it's a little bit more common in Ireland, as DJ said, and especially during those shoulder seasons where you know a lot of the university students are in school and schools in session. There's less caddies, um, you know, to be to be sought. So um, sometimes you're you're double bagging through that as well. Most places and and most times and and rounds, you're going to get accommodated somehow. Um, but again, you know, we can always put the request in for for double if if what have you. But again, most of the time you're you're with single. Yeah, I mean, you can you can always tell the groups from from our side of the pond. Uh, you know, at, the, at places like King's Barnes and what have you, because it does look like a, a small uh, battalion, if you will, moving down the fairway, you know, four golfers, four caddies. Sometimes there's a ranger floating around, but, but, you know, but that's the experience. And, and so, yes, you know, if you, it, it's while, like Connor said, while it's common on our side of the Atlantic, if you've requested a caddy, 
go into it expecting a single, uh, you know, because that's that's more often than not what's going to be the case. But moving on to the other question, and that is, do I have to take a caddy for every single round? And again, it goes back to that, you know, it depends. It depends on what you want to do. At least in our case with H&B, you know, everything that we plan is custom. So the choice is entirely yours, whether you want to take one every round or just for, you know, some of the, say, the bigger name courses. Um, our advice is if there are a couple of days where you think, ah, you know, I might want to kind of get maybe a little different experience, talk to your ex expedition planning manager. They're going to be able to to guide you to maybe the right course for that day. Um, you know, Connor mentioned Karn earlier. That may not be the right choice, uh, you know, for to, to strike out on your own. Uh, but there are other courses around that are more ideal for a leisurely stroll with your, you know, with your friends, you know, and and just the four of you. And, and so those courses would, would be ideal. But ask for, for that advice and then choose accordingly. Again, we're always going to give, you know, the edge to taking a caddy, but we certainly understand uh, you know, if there's days where you'd rather just strike out on your own. Yeah. I, I recommend everyone taking a, a caddy and a, like it's an additional cost. I get it, but it adds to the experience. And I really had this when I played our glass this uh, past October and I wasn't expecting to have one, but um, you know, I, I, I did. And, and Paul at our glass, shout out to him. Uh, love, love that guy, but him, uh, set me up with the great caddy, uh, Richard, who um, his dad was on the, I think he was an assistant superintendent. And Richard also worked on the, the grounds there, grew up playing there. And he also was a superintendent in, in Charlotte area for a little bit too. So he added so much of experience. I got, you know, a lot of the history of the club and, he knew the course like the back of his hand and it just added to the experience. And I played a decent round with him. And uh, I think just, just having a caddy, no matter where it's at is, is good. But again, it's a complete decision, you know, up to you. So um, the other question that we get, and I, it's a, it's a great question is, Hey, I don't want a caddy. I want to, I don't even want to walk. I want to take a, a golf cart. And just for reference as well, they call them buggies. Um, a lot of the courses across the pond, they have very, very limited number of buggies. Um, I think St. Andrews has just a couple. Um, some of the courses have very, very limited numbers, and it's completely different comparatively to, to courses here. Um, stateside, where tee boxes are far away from greens, and greens are far away from tee boxes, and sometimes you have to take a cart here, and it's a little bit hillier. Um, whereas across the pond, that's kind of the difference. A lot of the greens are right by the tee boxes. And again, just back to tradition and historical basis, um, you know, you're, you're, you're going to walk on most of these courses. Um, and just to note too, um, you know, if some of the courses do have buggies, a lot of these courses do require a medical note from your doctor stating the reason why you need this buggy. Um, and you know, they just don't give them out just to give them out. Um, you do actually have to have a note and a lot of our groups will send us these doctor notes from their doctor. And they will, we will then forward those, those doctor notes onto the courses to then officially put that request in. So it's not as easy as just coming to the course and expecting a, a buggy. No, again, they have a very limited number of ones. And a lot of these courses, you do have to have a medical note from your doctor. So and for example, if you do have that medical note and you're able to, to take a, a buggy on one of the courses, a lot of times do also require a caddy to be with you. And it's not so much, uh, you know, if, if you will, a money grab or anything like that from the course. 
it's because a lot of these courses and almost all of them, they do not have golf cart pass. Again, just because it's very limited walking. Um, the, the caddies are going to know where the sensitive turf areas are so they can drive that buggy into areas that aren't sensitive that you wouldn't know the difference of. So it's that, that caddy being there is more taking care of the course. I'm um, helping you out obviously as a caddy as well, but it's taking more care of the course to make sure that the buggy's not dri driven in a, you know, a wrong area. For me, as you know, aside from the loss of the experience with the caddy, unless you take one for driving, you know, there, there's just a lot that's, that's missed in driving these courses. And it even adds, I think some stress having a buggy out there. I mean, earlier or last year, I should say I was up at Enniscrone and I was going to play, but beforehand I drove out to the far end of the links with my drone. And let me tell you, I'm from Orlando. We don't have links terrain down here. And if you have never driven a golf cart across sand dunes, it is a little stressful and you don't, mm. you don't need to add that to the, to the mix, you know? And so, and then oftentimes as well, you might find that it's essentially the equivalent of cart path only. And so you're, you're really somewhat just taken away from, from the experience. Certainly understand if you need the buggy, then by all means get it because, you know, that's, if that's the, the means to experience the course, but if you're looking to do it just to save some steps, it's oftentimes, uh, more trouble than it's worth in, in, in some cases. But those are essentially the, uh, you know, the main questions that we receive related to caddies, but there's a handful of other things that we wanted to cover. Number one is to keep in mind how much walking you're going to be doing in the course of this trip. You know, do the math on six or seven rounds of golf and all of the sightseeing that you're doing and walking the towns it will not take very much for you to get up and over 50 miles in the course of the week. Um, and so prepare your body, get out there, do some long walks, you know, head to the course with your bag and, and walk nine holes on your own. Um, really get accustomed to walking because you're going to do a lot of it. Yeah. You've got the driver host or what have you with you, but in terms of the courses, six, seven rounds of golf in the course of a week will add up quickly. And listen, we've got some groups that, that do even more than that. And by the end of the week, you know, the last round or two is just kind of a blur and no, and nobody wants that. So get out there and prepare the body and, and you'll, you'll thank yourself later. Yeah. And, and to that point, I mean, we, we have a lot of groups that will come to us and when we are in the initial planning process, I mean, they're going to say, Hey, you know, this is our one and only time. And they're going to want to play all these marquee courses, 36 whole days, every single day. And, you know, as a part of, part of us, we're going to, you know, advise you to not do that. And it's to that point, because I'm going to be very, very honest and, and with these people and be like, when's the last time you've played 36 souls every single day for a week? And they kind of go a little quiet and say, Oh, I haven't. It's like, well, you know, even playing 18 per day is a lot. And it's a challenge. I know we're talking about caddies here, but we want this to be, I said it in past podcasts, we want this to be a vacation and, and not work. And as to DJ's point, you know, if you're playing a bunch of golf and, and, you know, not preparing your body for, you know, around 50 miles plus or minus that for a week long trip, um, you know, those last two rounds, we don't want you to be like, I do not want to play this round of golf. That's the last thing we want from you. So, um, you know, prepare for that as well, which is, which is the big thing. And, you know, for that, for the going back to the caddies there, you know, leave, leave that cart or staff bag at home. They don't want to carry it. And you don't want to bring that across the pond. You want something that's light, lightweight, that's going to be good. Um, you know, for example, if maybe there, you, your caddy can't 
um, you know, go through and you do have to carry or take a trolley. You want something that's lightweight and, you know, get something at least at, at the minimum has a stand on it or something, you know, as DJ and I have talked about in the past of having a Jones bag or just a one strap carry bag where you can throw those clubs on the ground and it's easy to take and, um, you know, usually get the best caddy, uh, which is the most lightweight and smallest bag. So just something to keep in mind too, um, not just so much for, for packing or what have you, but just for the caddy and going from course to course. You know, that's a great point about uh, having something with a stand. And it was something that I had actually never really thought of because with the with the Jones bag, more often than not, you know, the caddies are just elated when, you know, when they see this bag. But a couple months ago, I was at Pinehurst and our caddy at number two, he swapped out my clubs out of my Jones bag and into a similar size bag that they had because it had a stand. And something I had never thought of. So great point there. You know, if you've got your your choice or options, I should say, make sure yours has a, a stand. Uh, the caddy will probably appreciate it. But last but not least is don't be afraid to ask your caddy to take some photos. You know, we are all walking around with cameras in our, our pocket these days. There would be nothing worse than to get to the round, end of the round at, say, the old course or what have you, and only have photos of the golf course. You know, the golf course is great, but those photos are a whole lot better if you're in them. And so don't hesitate to ask. They might give you a hard time, but rest assured, they are used to it. Every single group of the year asks that caddy to take a photo on this Wilkin Bridge or wherever it might be. So don't hesitate because you want to come home with, with some of those photos that you're actually in. And your caddy is a great way to, uh, to accomplish that. But Connor... I think uh, I think we've kind of checked all of the boxes here. Anything uh, anything to add on the topic of caddies? I, I think we have too. It's been uh, it's been great chatting about caddies and um, just kind of in summary, um, you know, be flexible. Again, caddies are not are not guaranteed. They're always on request. So make sure you're paying a local currency. Make sure you're not giving U.S. dollars. Making sure you're paying either U uh, sorry euros or pounds comparatively to where you're at and where you're playing. So. Um, prepare your body. Another big one. I think this is probably the biggest one to be frank. Um, you know, again, you're, you're putting a stress on your body, something you don't normally do. doesn't matter how old you are. I'm in my mid twenties and you know, it, it, it's killer sometimes. So it, it can, um, and just pack light again, the lightest bag, you usually get the best caddy. I think the last thing I wanted to, to end on DJ, I think we've talked about a little bit, but um, the biggest thing too that I always like and and so many memories is just the jokes that the caddies have or just stories that you and I remember. But what's your what's your favorite caddy story? Maybe yours personally or maybe just someone else, if you don't mind sharing. No, that's a great question. I'm glad that you added this in. Um, back in 2018, my brother and I were over uh, and we were in the St. Andrews area and we were playing Carnoustie. Now, Carnoustie had hosted the Open uh, about a month prior. I mean, this, the, so the grandstands were still up. They had just taken down the yellow scoreboard. I was heartbroken. But, um, but the first tee had basically this U-shaped grandstand that's, that kind of surrounded the first tee. If you think about the Ryder Cup these days where there's, you know, the stadium effect, same kind of thing. We're, we, I think I hit my tee shot, my brother hit his tee shot, and we're standing kind of back at the back of the box with our caddy. And the, the gent that we got paired up with, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to use the word, but he cold shanks one off the tee <laughs> and it ricochets off of the grandstand right next to the tee and essentially kind of kicks back into 
onto the tee box. And our, oh. and our caddy, without missing a beat, says, course is playing long today. And, <laughs> and we didn't know whether to die laughing or to try to hold back because this poor guy is playing the oh. host of the open and he has just ricocheted one off the first tee. And so we felt so bad for him, but nobody could help but laugh. Um, I think he wound up laughing about it as well, but didn't miss a beat. Course is playing long today. They definitely don't miss a beat. I mean, I've got I've got plenty, plenty of stories. Uh, but my my best one uh, is playing the old course. I don't know. I think just the caddies at, at St. Andrews, they're the best. I mean, the group that I played in, and I mean, some of our other colleagues would say it the same. I mean, it's it's really cool. I mean, everywhere, but just specifically St. Andrews too. But um Last October, as we mentioned in the last couple of podcasts, I was successful in getting on through the ballot last uh, late October of 2022 last year. And uh, we're playing the old and um, I was playing with my good friend Larkin and um, uh, on hole five, the long, not too long par five, but the big green par five. It's uh, T-ball into the left rough and then gets onto the green and ends up there and we're walking up and, um, you know, it is a double green. I'm thinking he's pretty tight, but it's actually a, a different hole, a different pin location. And the whole location for hole five is actually way in the back of the green and he's in the front. And as, as people may know, and you can look it up online, the, the greens, I think is exactly 99 yards long. It's around hundred yards. So he's got a monstrous putt um, to try to get up to, uh, to the hole. And our caddy's coming up and, and, and it's Larkins and this guy is just hilarious. I mean, he's, he's tossing just jokes all day long. I mean, it's just a great experience with him. And, and he looks at it, he goes, well, Larkin, would you like a line or a read, you know, for, for driving his driver or having a putt? I mean, it was, it was hilarious in the moment. Um, but to Larkin's credit, he did two putt um, from there, but uh, you know, just adds to the experience. And you know, again, the caddies are going to help you with your with your round. But I mean, so many of the stories that I remember and just the memories in general from the courses are from the caddies. I mean, sometimes I forget about the holes, but you know, they're from the caddies. I think that's just so memorable and something you can't take away, um, you know, from those experiences. So, my biggest thing is. You know, yeah, you, you don't have to hire a caddy everywhere, but I would recommend it if uh, if you're willing and able to. Outstanding stuff. Well, Connor, this has been a lot of fun. Glad we added those uh, those stories. And, you know, it's like you said, they, they make the experience. And oftentimes it has nothing to do with golf. If we missed anything in the process uh, of recording, don't hesitate to send us a question. You can send us a DM on social media or email us golf at haversham.com. But as always, thank you for tuning in. We will be back with you again soon with another episode. But until then, we wish you plenty of golf at its finest and life at its best. <laughs>